welcome to another amazing episode of Retrovaniacs, our second Fight Month episode on our main feed. This time we're going to look at Killer Instinct for the Super Nintendo, a classic, uh, unarguable classic fighting game if you're into fighting games. But before we talk about that, Billy, what have you been playing since our last episode? Well, I've been jumping around a little bit. I finished that Resident Evil 2 remake. Um, I, you know, I... Uh, I played through once, uh, you know, it's got the two characters in it. I went through, I, I knocked it out with each character. Uh, there's an option to play through again, and I guess it changes up a few things, including the ending. Uh, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm not in much of a rush for it right now. I, I think this is one I'll probably get back into again a little later on. What did happen with the, the Sonic movie coming out? I got a small bit of Sonic fever. And, and I noticed on the Switch, uh, basically all the Sonic titles on there uh, were on a, a pretty deep sale. And I haven't played any of the, the uh, I guess, modern era Sonic games. I tried Sonic 4 when it came around. Uh, otherwise, that's about it. And I have had steered pretty clear of any uh, 3D Sonic, um, you know, any any non-side-scrolling Sonic ever since... Uh, I guess last one's what Sonic Adventures Two, uh, but I picked up uh, Sonic Forces, which is weird, uh, which is very weird, and, uh, and I don't know if that's in a good way or bad. I will say that it's a game. I, I've sat there and played it for about hour, hour and a half now, uh, but I feel the amount of time that I've actually been in control of it is probably about five minutes or so. Uh, it it. I don't know. That game plays in, in a very bizarre manner where I think you have very limited input. And most of the time, uh, you're just kind of watching Sonic or your your character on there uh, just, you know, run without you really having to do anything. And I picked up Sonic Mania, which is a fucking treat. Uh, it is it, Basically, I've played it a little bit less, just about a half hour in. I, it just seems like kind of right now an updated uh, kind of remake slash remix of the the early you know side-scrolling sonic games uh and it's been a blast i've I've really had a good time with that one uh that's certainly the one where you know i I played forces first and then once i started playing mania uh i was very reluctant to go back uh so i've been doing that and and otherwise you know just just getting a little stardew valley in here and there just the usual uh but, but that's about it for me well, if you want some Sonic recommendations, my kids love Sonic, and we've uh -huh. tried most of them. We have not tried Sonic Forces, but they have uh, Sonic Lost World on the Wii U is actually not bad. I really, mm. really liked Sonic Colors for the Wii. Uh, you should be able to find that for pennies, yeah. uh, but it's a good Sonic 3D game. Uh, this uh. still plays a lot like it has a lot of 2D sections. The 3D is not uh, obnoxious. And stay clear of uh, Sonic and the Secret Rings, which is the first 3D Sonic mm. I played since uh, the Dreamcast Sonics, yes. and it is... Just awful and has the worst soundtrack ever. But yeah, Sonic Mania is it, hands down the best, the best Sonic game since the originals. So mm -hmm. you're not missing anything there. If you have Sonic Mania, uh, I mean, I do recommend those other two. They're good. Uh, but uh, but you can you can live with just Sonic Mania and get all the Sonic you need. Uh, I am surprised Sega did not put out some sort of movie tie-in. Uh, but that's okay. Um, I uh, I've still been working on my backlog. I did finish Mad Max finally. That's one of the first games I bought for my oh. PS4, and I. It's not, you know, it's a it's an open world game. So I always get sidetracked in open world games because there's so much so many other things to do. You don't just want to do the missions, you want to do all the side missions. And in that game it's it's much more like especially if you're into 
collecting things or checking off lists. Like it's, <laughs> you go to every zone in the game, every little area. It's like there are, you know, two minefields and three convoys and four towers you have to knock down. There's all this stuff to do in each one. And as you do it, it, you know, makes your map different colors and it kind of makes it easier to go through the game. So I was very, very slowly progressing through that. I've kind of cleared up about half the map and I thought, you know what? I need to finish this game and I'm never going to do it if I don't just push through it. So I spent two days just playing the story missions and finish it up. And now I can go back and do those other things. And I will, because I really do like all the side missions in the game, but I really wanted to finish it. I didn't want it to get stuck in that world where, like every Grand Theft Auto I've ever owned, where I don't finish them. Uh, so then after I finished that, I jumped over to another open world game to try to finish Red Dead Redemption 2. And I'm trying to do the same thing. But what I've learned in that game is, despite my interest in playing all the story missions, I really want to just gamble the whole time. And especially, I, you know, I got, mm. I had Saturday Night Home alone. My wife was out. The kids were asleep. And I was like, I'm going to open a beer and I'm going to play some poker on this game. And then I would do some missions. <laughs> and instead I had made way too many beers. And could, all I could do was play cards. When I tried to do actual missions, I just was not... Uh, not coordinated enough at that point to really pull them off well, so I just went back and played more cards for like four hours. But I'll eventually get back into that and finish it. I do like it. I just can't play when the kids are home, and I, I, it, it's a tough one to find time for. So what I am doing instead is playing a whole lot more Persona Q2. I'm actually progressing very far in it. I think I may finish that before our next episode. And again, knocking games off this backlog to try to avoid spending money on games if I can. And I'm going to have to buy the, uh, the DLC for... Uh, the three houses, the Fire Emblem Three Houses. The, the DLC for that looks amazing. Gives you a whole other house. Uh, I'm excited about that. So I, I have not started that yet, but I'm going to buy that. Other than that, yep, just still working on the backlog, and I will eventually finish Red Dead Redemption Two. But Jeremy, what have you been playing? Uh, not too much. I, I actually spent the majority of the previous week uh, driving around the endless wasteland of Iowa, so I I really wasn't able to play too much. But I'm not going to let Billy get away with not talking about Resident Evil Two Remake because we haven't really talked too much about that besides me saying just how much I love it. Uh, what what did you actually think of it? Was this uh, something that you, you know, did you enjoy the the remaking of it, I guess? Yeah, that Resident Evil 2, I, 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 you know, that was one of my favorite of the Resident Evil series. I, I never, I played through one, I, and it, it was decent enough. I, I, I love to. Uh, I, I won't say too much about the other ones in case we, we visit them one day. Um, but yeah, I just I, I thought they did a great job because it wasn't one of those remakes where it was completely unfamiliar and it was just, you know, kind of touched on some of the themes from the original. It's like having played the second one and remembered a lot of things about it, I could apply it to that one. And I always love when they do that. Uh, so it is just, it's it's Resident Evil 2, it's the original, but it's like it's got one of the nicest coats of paint you could possibly have. And, you know, anytime they take an, an old Resident Evil game and remove those goddamn tank controls, I am a happy camper. And I, I just think it, it makes for a much better experience, kind of being able to move around a bit a bit more decent than the, than the old tank controls, which I just, I have a hard time coming to. I mean, I know they're going to be there in the old ones, but I still kind of have a hard time coming to terms with those. Uh, and, and also, I think, if my recollection is correct, they have added uh, some parts to it, like some stages to it have been have been stretched out a little bit, and some of the, the little you know side things on there have also, 
I think there's a little bit more to find and, and more, you know, kind of to see and to interact within the environment. So, I mean, I, I, I love it because it just it feels like a, a a very faithful remake that that really hasn't done anything negative. If anything, it's just added to it and it's it's kind of made it an even better game. Yeah, I was I was actually just astonished by how much they elaborated mm-hmm. on the smallest little details in that yes. entire game. Like even just the star's office in the police station was just it was so fun just going around to each desk and seeing how much mm. detail mm. they have packed into that game. And yeah, they have added a lot. Like, you know, there's there's a whole uh, f- new fleshed out floor on on the uh, the police station. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a whole new section with the uh, the kid. I forget her name. Um Oh, yeah. that's a hot. That's a highlight too. Yeah, yeah. They added her like her section uh, in there, which is really cool. Uh, there's just a lot in there, but it actually re- it reminded me that, like, as much as I love Resident Evil Two, it starts off on a high point, and the game just kind of slowly goes down from there for me. Not but, like uh, in quality, but just in the locations. Like, I love the police station. Mm. I'm okay with the sewer, and I hate the science lab at the end. Well, I think the Resident Evil games, I think they've always played better when they're in like a confined area, Uh, you know, like the mansion or, you know, even if you want to go up to Resident Evil four, even when you're in like those towns with like the, the small buildings and the, you know, the tight alleyways, I I think it just, I, I plays better when there, there's not a lot of room to run and it's kind of a, a more, uh, you know, tightly packed area. Yeah, once you get down the, into the facility, uh, it's just these big fucking sprawling areas. And there, and it just feels empty. Like, th- that is probably one of the low points, because uh, there is not much to look at. Think about a generic, sterile laboratory setting. Yeah. Again, same with it. Resident Evil. Like, whenever you go to the last part of the original, where it's yes. just a lab. And that's the least, my least favorite part of that game. Yes. So, but it it more than makes up for it, I think, with just that first area, which is by far the oh, longest, yeah. and going yeah. through that police station and and exploring and opening up new ways. It's it just got me from the very beginning of being like, this is exactly why I love this game. You know, I think it's one of the better remake. Any remake that can make you realize how much you love the original, but also just kind of expand on it and and make it into this modern game that actually feels like a modern game without resorting to, to weird nostalgia or, or something mm. like that. Now, I got a pro tip for everybody. I don't even know if it's a pro tip or not. And I, and I take no shame in this at all. I played through it the first time. Uh, the second time, I, I, fuck it. I got the damn add-on that unlocks all the shit in it. Because I'm not a speed-running man. I'm never, I looked at what you need to do to get this stuff. As I said, nah, that ain't me. And, and, you know, the first time I played through, it, it was that thing, same thing, and, and I don't want to talk about it too much, because if we're doing a Silent Hill game a year, we're, you know, fucking years from now, we're all still living, and we'll be talking about the ghosts in Silent Hill 4, uh, and, and how that kind of ruined your time of being able to look around at will. So, uh, so I got that thing just so I could have that fucking infinite rocket launcher, and if Mr. X shows up, anybody shows up, I hit him with that. Is it fuck you? I, I'm not running. I want to look at every little bit of stuff in here. I want to look at every filing cabinet. I want to read the shit on every desk. Take this rocket. He'll drop to a knee. You can look around at will. Once you hear him getting up, hit him with it again. He'll take another knee and keep looking. So, so you'll enjoy it a lot more. If you're capable of unlocking it, 
through normal means, feel free. But after you've played the game, go through again. Get some heavy, uh, heavy weaponry so you can kind of take him out of the equation and really spend some time just, just kind of browsing and looking at every single thing. You will not be disappointed. And that's that's kind of what's got me worried about Nem- uh, Resident Evil Three Nemesis. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I am, like I, I didn't actually play that game as too much as a kid because I wasn't a big fan of Nemesis, of just him constantly coming after you in, in certain parts of the game. Mm-hmm. But I'm in. I, I'm still going to get it. And after how you know the quality of of this remake, I, I definitely I'm going to play it and and see if maybe, you know, they can, kind of. I, I it, Resident Evil Two. He didn't. Mister X didn't bother me too much. But if it's Nemesis, I just remember that game just being him just hounding you constantly throughout mm-hmm. that game. So, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad you actually liked uh, Resident Evil 2. Oh, yeah. We've talked an awful lot about Resident Evil 2 for a podcast hey. that is arguably about Killer Instinct for the Super Nintendo. Fighting game month continues, and it hasn't been as much of a fight as I thought it was going to be. Uh, it's, you know, I mean, we had the excellent Doomsday Warrior. If if you were over on the Patreon feed, you got a real treat. Uh, and and you know, I mean, but what do you do once you roll out one of the best Super Nintendo fighting games of all time, Doomsday Warrior? I I guess you look for another one that you know. If you don't have a copy of it, if you couldn't track that down, then maybe Killer Instinct would suffice. Uh, but this is one I, I talked about. My cousin and I, we, you know, would just play through whatever fighting games we could get a hold of. Uh, and this was one of those ones that I, I picked it up shortly after release. That nice, all oh, fancy black cartridge. I brought it over. We popped it in, and this had this quickly, uh, you know, kind of took the other games we were playing out of contention for quite some time. We we really got hooked into this one and, and put some long, long hours into this one. And, and, you know, there was there, we'll talk about as we go along, there was some frustration that even ended in a call to the Nintendo uh, power uh, hotline as, as I'll speak of, as we go along. But yeah, I mean, I, this is one I recall having fond memories of. This was one of those kind of like Donkey Kong country, uh, which really at that time seemed to push the limits of what that Super Nintendo could do. I just remember this being a, an incredible looker at the time. Sounded great. You know, it came with the, that fucking CD with a little soundtrack on it. And we would play some of those, get hyped up before we played it. Uh, yeah, I, I have nothing but fond memories of this one. But it's one of those things where I have probably have gone back to this one the least. Whereas I've gone back many times over the years to play, you know, maybe a Street Fighter 2 or early Mortal Kombat games. Uh, this one kind of fell off, and it, it's not one I've, I have picked up much after that. Yeah, the, the first time that I ever saw Killer Instinct was actually the arcade cabinet. Mm-hmm. And that was mind-blowing. Like, that was one of those games that I remember just because of how amazing it looked. 
because it was like Rare was able to, you know, this was after they did the Donkey Kong Country thing. And with that, it was constrained to the Super NES. So they had to do their, their thing with it. But like on the arcade hardware, it looked like a movie. Like it just looked mm. amazing at the time. Any, nothing like anything else out there. Uh, and it was one of those games that you would just you could you don't even have to put quarters in. You could just stand back and look at and and be amazed at just how awesome that game looked. Um, but I was never like the biggest Killer Instinct fan as far as like playing the game. And when the Super NES version came out, uh, me and my cousin we actually did rent it several times. And I think he actually ended up buying it at one point. Uh, just just the the gameplay and just the the super heavy uh, the combo centric gameplay that this game has just never really appealed to me in the way that like something like Street Fighter Two or Mortal Kombat did. Yeah, this is one that I did play a fair amount of. I'm pretty sure we owned it. If not, we rented it a million times because I do remember the black cartridge. There weren't too many. Super Nintendo cartridges or Nintendo cartridges that came in a color. I mean, definitely it got more common towards the end uh, in the U.S., but not that often. But so to have a black cartridge, you're like, oh, man, this is going to be awesome. And and it was I didn't mind the, you know, the faster combo based system. Uh, again, though, I'm not a technical fighter. I am not good at Street Fighter at all. So this was more up my alley where I could kind of get away with some a little more mashy than Street Fighter and do pretty well with all the characters. Also, most of the moves in this are... Uh, charge moves or, or kind of sloppier, you know, half circles. You don't have to do as many precise moves to pull off the specials. So I, I enjoyed this game a lot. I also like that all the fighters were, you know, very varied. So just if you're into a fighting game to look at it, this game, you know, did look really good in the arcade, especially, but on the Super Nintendo, it still looked really good at the time. I remember, you know, when it first came out, we were like, oh man, this, how are the system doing this? Everything's digitized. It looks like, I mean, not, not as bad as Pit Fighter, but it, it was that same kind of digitized character. It looked really good. Everything moved really well. So it was, it was really impressive. I do not believe that holds up that well in 2020. Much like how we said about Donkey Kong Country, uh, what looked great at the time on the Super Nintendo and Cutting Edge now looks a little bit cheesy. But, uh, but that said, it still moves really well. It still plays really well. If you liked Killer Instinct at the time, you'll still play it now. You'll still like it now. But it, it definitely visually is not held up as well as it could have. Uh, as we mentioned, Donkey Kong Country, that was made by Rare. Uh, that was their first Super Nintendo game that kind of fell directly under Nintendo. Uh, Rare was founded in 1985. Originally, they were a company called Ultimate Play the Game that was actually founded earlier uh, and did mainly you know, old computer titles, the Spectrum ZX or the Commodore 64. Uh, but in 1985, they kind of got this... this burst of, of, of energy given to them because Nintendo was interested in what they were doing. So they worked with a whole bunch of other publishers and, you know, not, they didn't work directly for Nintendo, but a bunch of other publishers put out all these Nintendo games, uh, Slalom, RC Pro-Am, and a bunch of games we've covered, Battletoads, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, and then, of course, you know, Donkey Kong Country, and then games later in the series, later in uh, Nintendo's timeline, Nintendo 64, of course, doing GoldenEye and many games that are staples of what you think of, of as like main Nintendo titles. But at this time, they were still a, a third-party publisher until the Super Nintendo. They showed up at Nintendo with some kind of tech demos of stuff they wanted to do and make a Donkey Kong game, and they said sure. And at the same time, they brought this fighting game with them that was, it looked a lot like what you see now with Killer Instinct, but it was simpler. It did not have uh, nearly the amount of, of fighting techniques and things in it. And it was called Brute Force. And I got all that information from if you have the Rare Replay collection on the Xbox, which I don't, but I wish I did. Um, it, they have videos there about the making of Killer Instinct. And this was all in there. There's actually a lot of informational stuff on that, that disc and, and that 
set of, of interviews was really interesting. I'm not just going to go through all of the stuff they said there, but it was a lot of, of interesting look at how they kind of took this brute force game they had and between some people at Nintendo and other fighting game fans kind of tweaked it, uh, they turned into the killer instinct that we now know. And at that point, Nintendo bought... 49% of Rare and essentially made them a, a second party publisher where all the stuff they put out for Nintendo came out and, you know, with Nintendo as the main publisher, but they were still clearly listed as the developer and, and credited as the developer. Uh, Killer Instinct, as I mentioned, has a very interesting roster of characters instead of just being, um, you know, Street Fighter has, has Blanca and Dalsium and, and some interesting characters, but that's, they still are more or less you know, humanoid in some way, shape, or form. And same with Mortal Kombat. A lot of their characters in the early Mortal Kombats are ninjas or movie stars or whatever. Uh, this game had, uh, I mean, just a great cast of characters you can play as. So I'm going to just summarize them real quick. Uh, the, the main character, I guess, if, if you have a, a Ken or Ryu in this game, is Jago, who I thought was some sort of robot ninja, but according to his bio in the game, he's a <laughs> Tibetan warrior monk. <laughs> he doesn't look That's anything right. like what you think as a Tibetan warrior monk, but he is. Uh, Combo, who looks like a Mike Tyson-y sort of boxer. Um, Spinal, who's a skeleton warrior with a sword and shield, is exactly what you'd want in a skeleton warrior. Thunder is an American Indian with a tomahawk, if you can get past that that's pretty offensive in some ways. It's still a cool character. Uh, Glacius is a man made of ice. Cinder is a man made of fire. Fulgore is this, he's the character on the box. He's like a, a robot with claws. Saberwolf is a werewolf. Orchid is, I again thought she was some sort of ninja, but she's a secret government agent. All right. And Riptor is a dinosaur. So all these characters are about the same size, but they're all, you know, they all don't just look like humanoids with kind of a different, you know, graphics slapped over them. They, they are some very interesting characters in this game. Is this not like the most 1995 cast of characters that you could ever think of for like a kid's video game? Like it's, I, I, I my absolute favorite thing about Killer Instinct is just its cast of characters. It's, it's just unlike really anything else that's out there. I mean, what other game can you fight with a pirate skeleton uh, against a, a lizard man? I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous on every single level and i've always loved it that's i uh, you know i i think there are a few characters i'm just like why like i never enjoyed cinder because it's basically just a generic guy with a, a flame uh thing pushed on top of him like the laziest character you could possibly put out but overall i think just the amount of characters that are just so totally different and just the way they look and they play uh was was the real highlight for me with killer mm -hmm. instinct yeah, I mean, because that was always at its core, like, you know, by the time Mortal Kombat 2 came around, that was kind of a little bit, uh, not a downfall, because I, I love that game, but still, uh, it couldn't be denied at that point that the, the, the cast of characters was kind of padded out. Uh, Killer Instinct, at least. Uh, I think everybody, yeah, some of them were really cheesy, but at the same time, uh, each, each character was was super unique and, and you look at that roster and you know that character select screen and i mean it, it's it's the definition of of something for everyone uh no matter what style uh you're looking for or, or what kind of character you want on there they're gonna have something for you somebody that appeals to you and, and yeah I, and we certainly developed our favorites uh early on uh some up yeah full gore is uh I mean, it's 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 kind of generic, uh, but at the same time, 
the characters have so much personality to them, whether it's, it's, you know, TJ combo, which I will go on to say is my personal favorite, uh, or, or spinal, which is like straight out of, uh, you know, the, the stop motion, you know, skeletons of, of you know, of older films. Uh, it, it's just a great variety. I mean, it's, it's not a, a large roster by any means, but I think they do a good job of, of just packing in some memorable characters in there. And this was back in a time where just about every fighting game that was coming out was just packed with the most generic Street Fighter II clones you could possibly find. And for me, any any new fighting game that wasn't Street Fighter II, I would always immediately just try to find the uh, Ryu or Ken clone. Mm. And, you know, you've got Jago, which is definitely that. You know, he's got his fireball and he's got his uppercut. He is, he is the Ryu or Ken. But, like, everyone after that is, you know, they've all kind of got Street Fighter-ish moves, but like it's it was just so much fun picking a fucking raptor and you know and just going mm-hmm. at someone uh, or a skeleton or or you know full gore or something like that or even glacius with his you know his long um, uh, attacks and things like that even if they're kind of rooted in what Street Fighter Two did it was just the way they looked that made that game just so so cool to play and you know every round felt felt unique because of just how unique every single one of those characters were. Well, if nothing else, it helps you, you know, if you saw it in the arcade, it would immediately grab your eye, not just because it looked pretty, but because all those characters are so different from most other fighting games. And and yes, you can find, even even if you kind of hate fighting games, you can find something that you'll like to play. I was a big Saber Wolf guy. Again, not a big fighting game guy, but if I could be a werewolf, I'm in. You know, that was not a big, not I mean, not a hard selling point for me on the characters. So uh, there's 10 characters. It is kind of a... a I don't think it's a small roster because it is so varied, but it's 10 characters. There are no unlockable characters. Uh, and in the game, there's only one other, you know, character you're going to fight against, and that's the final boss of the game, uh, who's a two-headed, some kind of ogre monster called Eidol. Uh, otherwise, that's it. You know, you get your 10 characters you start with. There's nothing else to, to really unlock. You've just got a, a strong, solid fighting game. Uh, the buttons on the Super Nintendo version, uh, it's... Three different levels of punch, weak, medium, and fierce. Three levels of kick, weak, medium, and fierce. Uh, you do not have a, uh, a block button in this. Blocking is done by holding backwards like in Street Fighter. Uh, what this does offer, in uh, kind of different than Street Fighter, it does have fatalities like Mortal Kombat, but they're called No Mercies, because why not have eh. them called something slightly different? They are, they are kind of work the exact same way as the fatalities in Mortal Kombat, you beat the opponent, then they kind of stall for a second, look like they're out of breath or whatever, and you have a a few seconds to kind of get in a certain move, a certain set of buttons and a certain combination at a certain distance from that character to cause the character to die. These fatalities are not extremely graphic. They are not bloody at all. They are not Mortal Kombat fatalities, but they're, you know, it's nicer than just having the person fall over when the match ends like a Street Fighter. If you're into that sort of thing, you know, some of these are pretty funny. Uh, Jago has one, for example, where it looks like he meditates for a second and then a car falls on top of the opponent. I mean, little little goofy things, but it's kind of nice to have them in there. And there are a few stage-related fatalities where you can knock people off the side of buildings or kind of off this pyramid thing. It's mainly knocking people off the side of things. But it's nice that they, again, have those little extra touches other than just having the other person fall over. I was actually more impressed with the stage fatalities, mm. <laughs> especially the um, the skyscraper where you knock someone off the top of that and oh, yeah. down into uh, another area where you just land on a car. I, that just always seemed pretty brutal to me. But it just seemed like they kind of put them in there because, you know, Mortal Kombat was, was mm-hmm. the hot thing. So you got to have fatalities, right? 
it, it was just a lot of, of things that Rare saw in other fight, popular fighting games. That's like, well, let's go ahead and do this. Mm-hmm. Especially the six-button layout. I, I don't think this game has enough depth to it to warrant the six-button layout. Um, I'm sure there's, there's someone out there that really loves Killer Instinct uh, that would prove me wrong. But it just seemed like this game just doesn't have enough really going for it. Uh, to warrant that many buttons for it. This could have just been a, a, a really good four-button fighter and lost nothing to me. I don't know. Well, it doesn't need it because the combos in this game are, it's a different system. It's not making sure you know, okay, if I do you know two quick punches and then a high punch and then I can hit down and a low kick and all these other things like a Street Fighter combo, you have to know, here's what I, I have to hit in these certain orders. Most fighting games do that. This instead, after you get a couple hits off in regular punch-punch combos or whatever, you then just do a move, like another set of buttons, and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. it does, as if it was another special move, you know, a 10-hit combo or some craziness. And you can just keep chaining those together uh, until you do you know, combos that do 20-plus hits, and, and it will yell at the end of your combo how many combo hits you do, which is what most people remember. You know, ultimate combo, killer combo, all these things that the arcade especially, uh, when you would watch it, you'd hear that. And that's all in this, too. There's a lot of, of speech in this. But in order to get out of those, you have to know your character's combo breaker, which means while they're doing those combo moves at you, you do another move back, and it'll break out of that cycle. Uh, it, it's it's not as technical as Street Fighter. It is It does seem to be kind of that in-between of just being a straight mash game or something where if you know a few moves, you can pull off some stuff that looks really impressive, even though you're only hitting three buttons to start it off. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought that was cool as a kid. It makes it go really fast. Uh, in general, those combos are super fast, and it means you're you know you're just watching characters' arms fly around. And I'm sure if you watch that in slow motion, uh, those animations look absolutely ridiculous. But it worked. It worked at the speed they would play them at. And the the other thing I really liked with this actually, and I had forgotten about this till we played it for this podcast. And it's minor, but it's still kind of a neat touch that a lot of other games don't do. Uh, your character, like any other fighting game, has a health bar at the top, and once you doc- take the other person's health bar down all the way you know kind of the match resets you go to the opposite sides of the screen but instead of having your health bar also be full again your health bar stays at whatever it was and their health bar would reset and whoever loses that second health bar loses the the feeling Mm -hmm. at the end is the same you took out two health bars you win but it it kind of was neat to be like yeah it's it's like in mike tyson's punch out when you're you know you finally do that knockout of the guy you've been taking for a while but you've taken a lot of hits and then he comes back up and his health fills up halfway and you've got two punches left you're like oh no technically you're still winning but it just doesn't feel like that and i kind of like that for this game I did. I, I, I really enjoyed that. And yeah, the, the whole combo system I found, you know, when you first saw that, you were used to like Street Fighter 2, you get like, you know, two or three hits in. Uh, if Mortal Kombat, uh, also not a very, you know, up to, you know, one and two, uh, not the deepest system in the world also. I mean, you're talking about, you know, two, three, maybe, maybe as impressive if you could string together four hits, you know, for me personally. Uh, so yeah, to have this combo system in it and yeah, I, I guess they knew that maybe they couldn't go, uh, you know, as nuanced as a street fighter game maybe. And they couldn't pull off the gore of a, a mortal Kombat. So, I mean, this was going to be the gimmick for this game. Uh, I mean, it is what the game was known for then was, you know, stringing these combos along. Uh, and you know, I, I think that's kind of, you know, the, the legacy of it is just these ridiculous combos. And, and it was user-friendly in it also. Um, some other fighting games over the years, when I look at videos of people putting it together and, and they're telling all the inputs, you know, they're, they're throwing in there. Uh, there's no way I could do it. 
I could pick up this game and, you know, hit one of those ultra combos, which is, you know, a, a 30 plus hitter and feel good. And, and that's still applied today. Yeah. I, there, there's something about pulling one of those off, even though it doesn't require, you know, the fucking, you know, breakneck reflexes of some other games, being able to pull these off on here. It's still satisfying. Um, you know, the only trouble is, is that it kind of, it, it kind of gets old. I mean, I, I mean, you can only do it so many times, uh, before you're, you're wanting a little bit more from the game. Uh, than that and you know with the 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 finishers eh, they're all right and yeah the stage ones are, are definitely where it's at i forgot that they had the fucking moves in here where you made the uh made the opponent dance at the end of it also yeah, he, uh, it, it, it wasn't until i i had i had played this game for you know several hours for, for the sake of reviewing and i sat down and you know i kind of you know was watching videos to see any any little trivia here and there i forgot all about those moves uh, i had to get on there and pull off another one uh pull off a couple of them uh i mean no place really i mean i i take them with the same grain of salt i take you know uh you know the mortal Kombat 2 friendship moves and all that uh but i mean i guess the more variety in there the in there the better well, in order to do the humiliation, you must still be on your first health bar when you take off your mm -hmm. opponent's health, second health bar, and it's another set of combo, you know, moves just like the uh, fatalities would be. I guess the sorry, whatever they're called again in this game, that's <laughs> not fatalities, um, uh, but oh, the no mercy. There you go. Um, but I will say, if you the music it plays when you make them dance, and some of the characters' dances are pretty funny. Uh, if you do just find a YouTube video of all the the humiliations back to back. That music almost it it gets so annoying that it then loops around to being the funniest thing ever every time that music comes on. And I'm definitely going to play it probably right this moment. So yeah, the emulations were in there. I guarantee you I would have completely forgotten about them because, uh, again, not very good at this sort of game. A lot of the time I win fighting games uh, and, and have almost no health left. So the amount of times I'd remember that I have humiliation as opposed to a fatality I want to pull off, uh, very, very slim. But yeah, they are in there. Uh, they are in there. I actually, like, like the, comp the whole combo system is the game's most unique thing that sets it apart drinking game how many times i say unique in this in this podcast um but like that was the thing that kind of like billy said it kind of got old to me and once you kind of step up into being like wanting to play killer instinct more as a you know something a little bit more than just jamming on buttons it seems like it just kind of turns into the fighting game version of rock paper scissors about like you know when they're pulling off these giant combos you have to know what what they're doing so that whenever you pull off your combo breaker, it, it counters that and you can break that combo and then you can punish them by going into your own combo. And you know, if, if they guess what you're doing correctly, it's going to combo break of that. And it's just, it's kind of that kind of go back and forth in killer instinct. And I, like, as much as I love looking at it and as much fun as it is just to play with someone that really isn't good at fighting games, I never really wanted to get much better at it because that, that, that's kind of what it came down to ultimately. But it is one of my absolute favorites as, just far, as, as far as just sitting down and, and playing it 
and and having some fun because there's a lot of times where you you like as as a fighting game fan you want to play fighting games with other people mm-hmm. but they don't want to play fighting games because you know they're not good at fighting games they don't yeah. understand fighting games and i think killer instinct was one of the best at just being like look at all these crazy people you can play and i guarantee you if you press these buttons and like maybe do like a back and forth motion or something, you'll probably get like a twenty hit combo and beat the shit out of someone. Uh, I think that was just by far it's it's the best thing it actually did. Oh, that that was the big draw for me. Again, I, I'm not great at fighting games. I I love Street Fighter, and I I even I didn't like Mortal Kombat at first, but it's grown on me. But Killer Instinct was one from the get go because the moves were a little bit simpler and those combos looked really impressive, even if it wasn't super impressive to pull them off. I, I was drawn to Killer Instinct. I liked it uh, a lot when it came out. I remember playing it for hours with my brothers, and we'd have people come over and do like little tournaments. Like it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, that again, playing it now, I just don't think uh, it, it quite holds up. I am better at fighting games than I was then, but also just again. Uh, graphically on the Super Nintendo, uh, digitized characters, uh, while still move nicely, just do not look great. And, and like the, the screens that come up before each match where it shows like a, a close-up on each person's face look pretty terrible <laughs> in 2020. Oh, but that was so amazing in the arcade because it was like full motion videos for like all the characters. Uh, again, man, that arcade version just stunning at the time. Yeah, you know the the like most uh, the most good fighting games uh, from the from the you know the nineties and whatnot. Uh, uh, there were like rumors that pop. Did you guys have like any any hot Killer Instinct? You know, like the uh, hidden characters in Street Fighter Two, or you know the the fucking the entire reptile hype. Do you remember the orchid rumor swirling around this one? I mean, well, I know that she actually like you know she kind of turns her back and pulls her fucking. Yes. That's, that's one, one of, of her, her one of her finishing moves. She yeah. turns around, opens up her shirt to the opponent. Uh, their eyes pop out like in that fucking movie, The Mask. And and apparently what they see, they drop dead from. Which as a kid had me a little confused because, I, uh, what did they see? Like was it something awful? I I I'll, you know my first thought maybe this cause I at one point in time was a, an innocent person. I thought they saw something so horrific. <laughs> that, that perhaps you know something that i mean maybe she i don't know who knows it, it was the little guy from total recall she opened her shirt up and there was a face <laughs> and hands there quato what is it what the fuck's his name? <laughs> it had to be um but no uh, but they're swirled around my school and, and i think this ended up being pretty far reaching because when i when i did check online there actually were were a number of people on different forums that that recalled this one is that there was a stage i want to say it was idol stage maybe uh that, where you could position her in such a way that you could do the move there would be a mirror in the background uh and, and you could see what she had revealed to the character in this mirror and and all I know was I, I don't think there was a boy in my school that was not actively feverishly attempt. Of course, there were many that said they had had pulled it off. Uh, that I'm sure uh, probably if you sat down with them could not reproduce such a thing. Um, but no, it, it seemed like everybody was attempting to do this. And and I just I love when one of those old fighting games like that had a myth and you didn't have the internet to instantly disprove it uh, so you know people would spend an entire summer trying to do this thing that was honestly 
I, I really like the game. That was one of my fondest memories for it was just every kid in school crazy about trying to do this. I, I, I had these characters. You weren't going to see anything enjoyable. These characters, it's like the Laura Croft thing. These characters are so incredibly pixelated. I, I, I don't see, <laughs> you're not going to see any, I don't know. You know, we didn't have a lot to pick from back then. Maybe the, the heavy pixelation was was not a deal breaker for some people. You know, we, we were the same people who watched, uh, you know, the Playboy channel through fuzzy lines uh, when you went in, in between two channels. So I, yes. I, I think that would have done the job. <laughs> but yeah, but there was that and the other thing that will always stand out. Uh, my cousin and I, you know, we, we would play against each other, but also we, we love seeing, you know, the different endings and each character you play through, they do have an ending and, you know, they range from, you know, really fucking corny, like spinal, you know, gets a, a job acting, uh, but, oh, and they even roll out the line that, you know, he, he doesn't have a lot of luck in Hollywood. He can't find, a, this is a skeleton, by the way, he can't find a lot of roles with, with a lot of meat on them. Wow! Uh, <laughs> yeah, so you, I mean, and all that. God but, uh, bless you, Killer Instinct. Yes, and, and but one stuck out to me. Uh, so we would take turns. You know, we play through. We pick a character, uh, play through. You know, when you died, the you know next guy would pick it up, and and we unlocked. You know, we went through all the endings for everybody in the course of a night, uh, and and something stuck out to me. And it's the character spinal is apparently you know a, a couple thousand years old. Uh, and then, and then you have, uh, you know, thunder on there and, you know, this guy is thirties to forties, uh, and in his ending, he is, is mourning, uh, the loss of his brother Eagle. He, he leaves the site of his, his, you know, his tombstone and, and out pops Spinal. And they're trying to allude to the fact Spinal is, is in fact his, his, you know, dead brother eagle and this did not set well with me given the fact that spinal is is fucking 2000 years old and i couldn't uh, i couldn't let this slide and i you know what do you do in the, in the 90s in a nintendo game when you can't let something slide you call the nintendo power hotline and you chat with somebody about it and i told him how is this possible that this living character, this this character in his 30s, 40s, even if it's an older brother, it, it, he's not a fucking, you know, 1970-year, you know, older brother. How? How is this relation possible? What are they getting at with this? Did somebody slip up? What's going on? And, and I just remember the guy on there... Uh, <laughs> A poor, a poor guy. Probably poor kid. I, you know, he's probably 18, 19 years old. He's sitting there. You know, he he just wants to give somebody the fucking Konami code for something or, or something like that and then hang up and, and, and just go home that night. And here someone is on there just grilling him about these story decisions uh, of the <laughs> endings of Killer Instinct. And... and, and it, and he just, he, you know, he kind of tells me, well, that's, that's interesting. I, I, I don't know if that's an avenue they fully thought out. Was his exact quote to me. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I remember like the ending though, but for me, I always thought Spinal just ate his brother's corpse or something for some reason. I don't well, know why. Well, but... I would take that. I, I would accept that. But, but no, I mean, I, apparently that is what they were getting at. 
And you know, I guess it would be it would be Rick. Uh, they would abandon that later on because I think even Eagle even appears maybe in the later games. I am. I will go ahead and say I uh, my times with the later games uh, are are not extensive. I did pick up the the sixty four one, uh, and I did try the the latest one when it came back to the Xbox One. Um, but I, I think they abandoned that altogether. You know, Spinal was his own man, and, and there was no more talk of, of that relation. And But my hat's off to, to that guy on the Nintendo Power Hotline. He he got grilled that night, and, and he probably didn't deserve it. And you know, there wasn't much he could do for it, and there wasn't much he could help us with. Uh, but he sure tried his best. He, he delegated things the best he could. Uh, that was one of my first experiences with the Nintendo Power Hotline, and I, it was a positive one, I think. But, th- but those are just two of the things about that game that just stand out the most to me, just that hunt to get that orchid uh, the reflection lined up just right, and, and, and that rage I felt at, at, the, you know, <laughs> at, the poor, at the poor writing and poor story planning. The Killer Instinct story continuity. <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah. you know, it that seemed almost like unique to fighting games back in the day. Like, just how many weird things would kind of come out as like secrets that only kids knew oh, yeah. on, on on the playground and and the shit that I would hear in gym class when I was in high school. Yeah, uh, especially for like Mortal Kombat two and things like that because there was so much weird shit. So it was like you know someone could be like, hey, you know, uh, Sonya just totally takes her fucking shirt off and and some dude's head explodes or something like that. You could believe it. And I remember when uh, Street Fighter 3 first came out and my all-time favorite Street Fighter character, Vega, was not in the game. And this asshole was in my art class and he was just talking and he was just like, yeah, I played, you know, Street Fighter 3 at the arcade. It's amazing. Uh, But you get to this one stage and there's a tree in it. And if you do, if you duck like five times and do like a, a fierce roundhouse kick and it connects and you get a perfect match, then Vega will jump out of the tree and you can fight (laughs) Vega. And I was like, oh, my God, I have to do that. And I went in there and spent, like, fucking, like, $10 and quarters trying to do that shit. Of course, it never happened. Vega's not in that fucking series. But it's just, it seems like that was always a thing with with fighting games, that these weird, all this weird shit that people would just, for Mm -hmm. some reason, make up. And, uh, God, it it was just, that was a really weird time. (laughs) It was, and it was, I mean, it was interesting. Uh, Like, the, the fighting games in particular lent themselves to that. You know, to to such a degree, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's like the the crowd that those games attracted, or what it was. But each fighting game, yeah, I mean, Mortal Kombat completely got on board with it. I think they were the first one to really fully kind of embrace that and you know throw stuff out there just to to get people talking, and actually you know throw in some secret stuff. But I don't know uh, you if you did not grow up playing video games during a time where bold claims cannot be instantly proven false. Uh, it was interesting, and, and you spent a lot of time probably doing stupid shit that in the end was was for nothing. But I, I but I look back, you know, yeah, I shake my head over half the stuff, but I, I really look back fondly on that. Just the the dumb shit that kids in class uh, would just come up with. And uh, and a lot of nerve to do it too, knowing that if called out, there was no way you were going to be able to pull it off. So I mean, there there was a little bit of bravery involved with it. My my hats off to everybody out there that ever spread some horribly shitty fighting game rumor. 
Well, hell, even EGM did it, you know, with, with yes. the whole Shin Long thing for Street yes. Fighter 2. Like, and it, it, it didn't help when, you know, they're throwing stuff out there like that. And then you, you just never knew. You never knew. And I, it was just kind of one of those magical times <laughs> with the with games. <laughs> and, and you'd hear this stuff and be like, well, that's probably bullshit. But, you know, I could probably see that being a thing. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, yeah, and... Well, I talked about the other uh, Killer Instinct games. Did you guys branch out that far into any of, any of the other ones? I just, I don't know what it was, but this thing, it had a special place in my heart on the Super Nintendo. Um, 64 one I liked, I owned. I can't say I really even clocked that much time into it. I don't know if I, I think I was just fully consumed. I was a full Street Fighter slash Mortal Kombat guy at that time. I think those had just got too big a foothold in there on me. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know why every other game um, in this, you know, this series kind of kind of flopped with me after this. Well, there weren't too many. So Killer Instinct yeah. 2 came out in the arcades and they had worked on it for the Super Nintendo but decided to, you know, not put it out and instead release it as Killer Instinct Gold for the N64. Yes. I've never played that game. I'll tell you right now, uh, I hate the N64 controller. It's fine for Super Mario, and that's about it. I, that's it. I do not like it. Uh, now, I know a lot of people love that controller, and and I whatever. I did not care for it. Uh, I I also was you know at that time you have the PlayStation and the the Saturn even with way better fighting games overall that's you know that that's really where fighting games exploded for me was once they could be 3d with the tekkens and uh virtual fighter and even you know when it first came out i played a shit ton of toshinden it's not good but i played a lot of it and i was super impressed by 3d fighters and those kind of games played better for my style of fighting game play uh, which again not great uh, but but games like this and street fighters are, are took a little more timing a little more um I don't know what it is. I just they, they never clicked with me like 3D games. So once I found games like that, the idea of another Killer Instinct on the on, on a system with a controller I did not care for did not appeal to me. Uh, Kill, was uh, Killer Instinct Gold was that a launch game for the 64? I'm pretty sure it was that not. Was a very, if, it was early. It was very early. Very early because I remember my friend had it when he got his 64 very very close at launch, and I thought that was like it was an amazing looking game. Mm -hmm. And rare looks where uh, to even get that game on the 64 and, and like all the backgrounds are now 3D instead of like this full motion video that they did in, in the uh, in the arcades like with, mm -hmm. with uh, the original and, and two. But like it was uh, I don't know, it, it seemed like a really probably one of the few reasons besides Super Mario 64 and Pilot Wings to own a Nintendo 64 back then. It was a very high quality game. But at that point, I just really wasn't in into uh, Killer Instinct. Yeah, the, the yeah, and I, oh, go ahead. Yeah, and I, I mean, uh, like I was saying, that was my problem too. I don't know if you know. I think that that Killer Instinct on Super Nintendo just hit just at the right time uh, before you know Street Fighter Two and Mortal Kombat. They were big, but it's before they kind of became the you know the two you know definitive names in fighting games which i i dare say they've they've maintained over the years uh but yeah I, the super nintendo one came out at a point in time where 
I think people were willing to give any fighting game a try uh, because none of them had clearly, you know, put themselves right there firmly in that top spot yet. Uh, but by the time the 64 came around, I guess, I guess that uh, just not enough killer instinct, you know, between now and then. I think Street Fighter had fucking put out, you know, three or four versions of Street Fighter 2 at that point, which I gobbled up. I, I, I may say that in a complaining fashion in future podcasts. Let it be known, everything Street Fighter 2, I gobbled that shit right up. I was the target audience. I still am to this day. I'm probably going to buy that fucking Street Fighter 5 champion edition or whatever it is as soon as this fucking podcast is over um but yeah by the time the 64 came around i just i feel like i was playing uh just the same fighting games my desire to branch out and try a bunch of different ones just wasn't there anymore like i said i got that killer instinct you know for the 64 and and i dare say i've you know played maybe a few hours on it total i mean i played more on it years after the fact than i did at the time i owned it uh, which is a shame but i mean uh what killer instinct would go on to do is fucking modern times on the the xbox one that's a nice little game they put out there yeah the the newer one uh, is actually a really good fighting game it's it's still not quite my cup of tea Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it still really boils down to, you know, at, at its absolute basic, it's just being rock, paper, scissors, mm-hmm. but it, it is a, it's much deeper there. The characters that are there, there's a much larger roster of characters and even, you know, it, it's even more interesting and fun than the original killer instinct. Um, that's where I thought maybe killer instinct to stumble a little bit. The characters that they added for that game just wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. as fun as what was in the original but this one, it's uh, it, it's it's a ridiculous fighting game. It's just a, a ton of fun. It's even got a battle toad in it at this point. Um, and if you're curious, I mean, it is on uh, Xbox uh, Game Pass, so you can get the full edition with all the characters, the full game. And it is a full game. There is a ton of stuff in that yeah. game, um, just to you know, to get for free. If you're interested at all in Killer Instinct, I think that's probably the best place to start rather than going back to the super NES and seeing what was, you know, what was on offer then, because as much fun as it was then, I think there's a much better offering now as far as like how you can experience killer instinct. Oh yeah. It's definitely the definitive way to play it. Now I will day, I will say, I don't think it's any longer, uh, you know, uh, Jeremy P was talking about that game that you can get your friends that, that aren't that great at fighting games to sit down and play and, and they'll have small measure of success. I don't think it's that game anymore. Um, I, I, you know, the thing is it's, it's, it's pretty deep. Uh, it's, there's a lot more strategy involved now. Uh, I, I don't think they throw combos at you as easily as they did then. I think there's a little bit more, a little more button pressing involved. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I really love that one now. Um, I had it for a while. Uh, you know, with it being on Game Pass, I, I do intend to go back and revisit it. Uh, what I may not be revisiting again um, after this is is the one on the Super Nintendo. Uh, it was something great at the time. It is something I obviously have uh, a lot of fond memories of. But it's not something that really I, you know would sit down and and play again. Uh, and I and I don't know anybody that I 
could would be able to drag out to play that. Hey, do you want to play Killer Instinct on Super Nintendo with me? I, you're not going to get a lot of hands up in the air if you say that. Um, but at the time, I appreciate fully appreciate it for what it was at the time. It was something different. Uh, it, it had a completely you know unique formula to it. It had a, a, a colorful cast of characters. Uh, you know, the writing was a little iffy in some parts. Uh, but if you could get beyond that, uh, then it was a it was a solid title at the time that unfortunately is just it's there's not much to go back to now uh, unless just for for pure nostalgia you want to pop it in and, and maybe play through a round or two or if you never saw it and you want to know how the the other half lived back then feel free otherwise even if you loved it back then i i just you know this is not one of those that you see people drag back out and play you know, in, in tournaments or, or just for fun, like you, you see a lot of the older uh, 2D fighters. And and probably for good reason. But at, at least the legacy of it has lived on, and it's currently in its best form right now. So, I mean, that's uh, a bit of a happy ending to it. That's our thoughts on Killer Instinct for the Super Nintendo, uh, a series that has some some interesting concepts and takes a lot of things from other fighting games, puts it together, uh, and was great at the time, but probably not worth revisiting in 2020 in the Super Nintendo form. But if you are interested, as Billy and Jeremy had said, the Xbox One version apparently is really, really good if you have an Xbox One and is on Game Pass. Uh, so that finishes are two episodes for Fight Month on our main feed. We have one more coming, one more fighting game we're going to cover on our bonus feed for the patrons. Uh, and after that, thankfully for quite a while, no more fighting games. Uh, but what we do will have coming forward, as long as you keep sending them to us, is answering your questions. You can go to the Retrovania.net webpage. There is a form you can fill out that sends us a question. It comes to us, and Jeremy goes through them and reads them to us to answer. Even if they're about things like spicy buttholes or what your mouth does, we still read them just to prove that we get them. Uh, we do, and we actually do not have any questions this week about spicy buttholes or what that mouth do. Mm. So, you know, it's it's a win for us. Uh, but first up, we're going to... Uh, Metal Dooley is here to ask us about censorship in games. He writes in to say, Hey guys, the bonus episode on Zombies Ate My Neighbors got me thinking about censorship in games, as that game was subject to some rather dumb censorship here in Ireland and other European countries. For starters, the name was shortened to just Zombies. Original wasn't family-friendly enough. And some of the enemies were changed, such as these chainsaw guys becoming axe-wielders. Apparently getting killed by an axe is less violent somehow. And the first few Contra games also suffered due to Germany's laws on violence in games, as Bill and Lance and all the human enemies became robots and the games were released as Probotector. And to confuse things even further, the PAL home computer versions released under the name Grizor. What are the strangest, most pointless examples of censorship any of you have encountered in video games? We don't get the amount that they had in Europe. I, I did know about mm -hmm. the Probotector, and actually on the Contra collections that came out recently, you can play those versions. And, and they still have the same level design. It's the same game, but yeah, they changed the, the graphics around. Uh, here, we did have some violence edits. Uh, you know, the Mortal Kombat on Super Nintendo notoriously had all the, the blood removed. Um, I mean, games we've played on this, this podcast. We, we did um, 
what was the young Dracula game? Um, Kid Dracula. Oh yeah, Kid <laughs> dummy. Uh, yeah, we did Kid Dracula, and that's when we're the first boss. You know, they they took a swastika off. That happened a lot here. Anytime there was a swastika, or especially JRPGs where they they delved into religion too heavily, they edited a lot of that out. There's a lot of uh, of, of confusing RPGs that had that sort of problem. Uh, the only thing I could think of as far as recent were things where I really was like, oh, I, I guess that was edited, and I didn't care. I was just like, I, I, I don't mind it. It doesn't bother me. Was um, on Tokyo Mirage Sessions, everyone was all upset. Not everyone. A handful of folks were all upset because they had edited out some, like, panty shots and some other stuff. I'm like, I, that doesn't bother me. I don't, I don't mind that you took that out. <laughs> I know it's a slippery slope to say, like, oh, yeah, but then what are they going to edit out next? I, I, okay, you're, you're right, eventually... It might be a problem, but that's not a problem for me. I'm okay not having a 14-year-old's underwear on the screen, especially if I'm yeah. playing it around people that are <laughs> that will, in some way, think much less of me. So I'm okay with that that edit. But the the big was the content edits, especially in some of those those early JRPGs where our translation here just didn't make any sense because things were cut out because they were afraid it would either offend us or it wouldn't make sense in our culture. Yeah, and we, and there seemed to be a big thing about alcohol in a lot of games here too. Um, as a Mario Kart man, I, I'm well aware that I, I think, uh, you know, the the Japanese version, I believe Bowser at least downs a big bottle of champagne when he wins, and and he doesn't do that here. You know, you know what game got hit really hard here was fucking Final Fight when it came around on Super Nintendo. Uh, I, I remember the big thing about that where they took uh, took poison out of it and they kind of put in you know, some generic kind of male thugs in it. Uh, apparently there was alcohol you know, references removed from that one. And, and Final Fight, I recall, I'd have to go back and look, had a, a slew of things changed about it. Uh, and, you know, other than that, I, I, I don't remember a lot of heavy, you know, censorship we, we dealt with here, or it could be a fact that, that I'm just not aware of it. I just, all I know is just little things here and there, uh, whether it's kind of, you know, religious references or, you know, and Wolfenstein, you know, 3d, uh, you know, Nazi references, of course. Um, but, but that's it. I, I don't remember a game that really was impacted that heavily from it that I played. I think uh, for the one we played on on this podcast, I thought I thought Splatterhouse had some of the most egregious, like just things that were changed from the Japanese version. Like I, I guess it's mm. like religion, any anything that's religious, I suppose. Yes. Where you got crosses and and anything like that, that was a no no, uh, which was weird to me. And it, it's it just stands out because you see this stuff and you're just like, obviously this is supposed to be something else, but you know they couldn't do it. For me though, my all time favorite will or not favorite, I guess, but thing one that will just always be a something that I, I couldn't stand and, and never understood back then and, and still don't really understand was the original Mortal Kombat and Super Nintendo. Like, uh, oh, Jeremy with the mentioned. sweat. With the sweat. And it was just, it, it was Nintendo trying to play their, you know, we're better than you. We're here for the families. We're looking out for the children. Yeah. And, you know, if they would have stuck to that message, I would have... I would be less critical of it. You know, I'd be like, well, that's fine. They continued that message all the way through the Super Nintendo's lifespan. Guess what happened with Mortal Kombat 2? <laughs> Always a bloodbath. Yeah, a year later, fucking every single, all the blood was in it, all the fatalities. And it's just like, so where'd that message go, Nintendo? What happened? I, I, it's, it's one of those things like either stick to the message 
and censor the stuff that you're, you know, that you're, I don't know, that you want to censor, or you're, you're just, you're not even, you're not making any sort of message. You're just censoring shit for whatever. And then you don't make money. And it's like, Oh wait, look, put all the blood back in there. We got to oh. make some more money off this shit. And it was such a letdown too, because it was a nice looking version of it. It's nice looking. It's, it was. I remember the the best was I, I think uh, a lot of people that had gotten that. I mean, because this is at the time where you have one. In most households, you had the one console. Yeah. And if it's a Super Nintendo, then you know you, you couldn't help but feel kind of uh, kind of ripped off. I mean, they even changed fatalities around, and they were not that exciting. Um. But I, I recall, like, the, someone had a, a, I can't remember if it was the Game Genie or the, the Pro Action Replay, something uh, something or another, and they had a, a code that would turn the sweat sort of red. Yeah, I did that. I was the Game Genie. Yeah, I was to put it in like this. And, but it, it wasn't like stuff. a, it, it wasn't a straight up, like, blood. It looked like a pink mist that would fly yeah, off. It, it would just change, change, like, the shade of the actual, like, sweat. So, you know. You, you would just turn the sweat that was already in there that didn't look anything like the blood. It didn't like, you know, shoot up and splatter on the floor like the original game. It was just this, you know, spray that came. So you could turn it red. And I guess, you know, if it's worth five minutes of putting in that code on the goddamn game genie, then sure, you know, I did it several times. But yeah, I just that one always bugged me. Anyway, coming up uh, for our next question, it's Ben B. And he's writing in about the Sonic movie and Cosmic Carnage. He writes in to say, hey, guys, I've just seen the Sonic movie and really enjoyed it. I don't know hmm. why most of the critics are shitting all over it. Are any of you planning to see it? And if you have, what did you think? Also, have any of you played Cosmic Carnage for the 32X? It's a very Ooh. basic, slow fighting game that Sega themselves took a lot of convincing to release. I really enjoy it, and anything that has a gorilla with cyborg arms can't be that bad. The breakaway armor is also a nice, nice touch. Keep up the great work, and I'm also waiting for the final episode of Weekend Warriors. Yes. What the hell? Another one? Another one. So I can finish Fantasy Star on my Game Boy Advance. Have a good one, Ben. Oh, that's a good version of it, too, because that comes with Fantasy Star <laughs> 2 and 3. That's a solid collection. Um, I did see the Sonic movie. I saw it actually yesterday, and mm. I, I really liked it. I mean, it's it's not going to win any awards. It's not going to go down in history as the world's best movie. But if you like the, the Detective Pikachu Pokemon movie that just came out, I'd put this on par with that. Like, it was enjoyable. I didn't think it was, you know, it was it was good enough to the source material, uh, but at the same time, they didn't try to just literally take what happened in the game and make it a movie that would have been absolutely awful. Uh, no, it was really good. I mean, my kids liked it. They don't normally sit through a whole movie. They got through this whole one. Uh, my my six-year-old wants to see it again. I, I thought it was fine. And I'm blown away that Sega's done absolutely nothing to tie tie into this movie. I mean, there's some discounts on, on Sonic games, like Billy mentioned at the start of the episode. But th th there's not even, like, at the end of the movie, this isn't spoiling the movie itself, during the credits, they basically have, like, what looks like the original Sonic the Hedgehog, like Genesis Sonic the Hedgehogs. It's not. It definitely it doesn't look exactly the same, but you know what they were aiming for. And it literally looks like they took some of those levels, redesigned them, and then they, they just made a Jim Carrey-looking Robotnik. They could have done that. They could have released that, and I would have been at least slightly excited. Yeah. But there was they did nothing. Well, I don't think Sega's been in the business of making money for, for quite some time now. Uh, but yeah, I do plan on going to see it. Uh, I've heard... Uh, surprisingly good things about it. I mean, I think you have to know what you're going into. I, I mean, it is a video game movie. Uh, it, it's 
fucking, you know, it's the it's probably not going to have the best writing in the world. Uh, I mean, as long as with those type films, and I, I think it was the thing with like Detective Pikachu, it, it found that line where it presented the material. Uh, it didn't take itself too seriously, but it also didn't get too just fucking silly. Also, uh, if you can just find that middle ground and just stay there for the film, uh, it can be a loose plot. It can be, you know, you know shady acting at best, uh, and, and I'll go along with it. Uh, so I, I, I'm looking forward to going to see this one. I obviously don't have high expectations for it, but I figure it's going to be entertaining and that's good enough. Uh, it, it may end up being a one and done film. It may not be with the kind I pick up and watch several times at home, but I think I'm probably going to enjoy it uh, based on what I've heard. Um, but yeah, Jeremy, are we going to see you there? I'm probably going to have to wait till this comes out on like, you know, something that I can stream it on because mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know anyone in real life. So I would probably have to actually like bribe someone to like go and see it or like pay them money to get to go and see it with me. And mm -hmm. I don't want to be that that 40 year old single guy that's sitting in the audience full of children by himself, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and this got these parents kind of staring. He's like, why is he here? Why would he ever see this movie? Yeah, uh, but I am curious about it. I want to see it. Uh, but uh, otherwise, have you guys played uh, Cosmic Carnage at all? I have not. Uh, I didn't. Even, I, I thought I, it was a different game when he mentioned the name, and then when he told me that it was a fighting game, it's not a game I've ever seen. Uh, I. I mean, other than the fact that I am, I'm officially all fighting games out for a while. I would. <laughs> I would check it out. Uh, I, I like the idea of having armor that's that uh, falls apart as you're fighting, but uh, but I had not tried it. And, and part of that's because it was on 32X, a system that I owned at the very, very end of its existence, uh, bought specifically for that Star Wars game, and I didn't own anything yes. else for it. Yes. Um, I, I had a 32X for very similar reasons. Um, and, and I had a very uh, 32X long after the fact. Um, I, I didn't have it uh, when it came out. I got it super cheap much later on to play the star Wars game and a couple other ones. Uh, this wasn't one of them though. I, I am, I'm familiar with this. I know it exists, but I have never given this one a shot before. Um, you know, what little bit I did see of it. I, I think I caught it in a, a couple magazines. I looked interesting enough. I mean, it just looks like one of those that, you know, has just some, some outlandish characters in it. And, uh, and I remember thinking it looked okay. It looked decent enough. But I, I think I was encountering the same thing we were kind of talking about with Killer Instinct 64, where I just, you know, I had my favorites at that point in time, and and I wasn't really uh, branching out any at all. So, uh, but no, I mean, if, if this guy recommends it enough, it may be worth, you know, taking a peek at, I mean, taking a personal peek at. Let it be known, Fighting Game Month is is closed. Uh, except for the, the one more Patreon episode. But yeah, I probably will. I'll look a little further into it. Yeah, it's it's actually a, a kind of fun little fighting game. It's not anything serious. It's it's uh, a lot of the characters are just ridiculous. It's like a really crazy sci-fi, uh, you know, the, the characters that you can play as. Like you said, there's this weird kind of gorilla thing. Uh, there's a big snake lizard monster guy that you can play as. It doesn't actually have any feet. It's just a big snake. 
Uh, but yeah, they all wear armor that you can actually break off. And it's is this the one with the praying mantis in it? Yes, this is it. Oh, that is that I, game. I, that may be the thing. I got trouble with those bugs, and <laughs> that the fact that there's a giant one of them may very well be what has kept me from playing that for so long. Uh, yes, all the characters are kind of in that vein, which is what I actually enjoyed. When I haven't played it much, but I did play it a couple of times back in the day because my friend had a 32X, and that was like the only game he bought for it for some reason. Mm. Uh, so we played that, and it was just, it's a fun little dumb fighting game. Again, it's not Street Fighter 2, obviously, but there's just, it's its one of those fighting games from back then that it, it just seemed like there was a lot. Everyone was trying to do their own take on a fighting game, and it was just odd. Um, but yes, that's the best thing I can really say about it is it's a, it's a weird fighting game. <laughs> if you ever get the chance to play it, uh, maybe play it anyway. Uh, next up comes, uh, Marty B and, uh, he is writing in to say that, and you call yourselves a retro gaming podcast. And he says, uh, how can you dickheads do a retro gaming podcast fighting game month and not cover urban champion? You guys are fucking cowards. Well, I, you know, the thing is. Uh, when you pick a game, I'm going to say this. I'm going to preface this by saying I am a big urban champion fan. Jeremy Gregory can attest that we used to to write for a website years ago, and I did a lengthy urban champion article uh, where I basically sang the praises of that game uh, for, for paragraph after paragraph. Um, I, I may hold the record for the man that has written the most about urban champion on the internet. But at the same time to sit here and discuss that game, I, I really, I, I don't think I could do it. I don't think we could do it at length. I, I don't think we could do a full length episode, uh, talking about urban champions, but my thoughts on it, uh, is that I, it's, it's one of those that has a, a soft spot. I mean, fucking, if you want to get down to, to fighting games, and I mean, Urban Champions not where it began, but I, I think Urban Champions certainly kind of set a bit of a tone there, kind of for the side-scrolling, you know, the fighting game. Uh, I mean, there's not much to do there. I, you're just trading high punches and low punches and trying to force the guy onto the other side of the screen, uh, you know, to fall into a manhole. And uh, the backgrounds, I they... they very, very little. Um, you know, the, I, I thought it was a good-looking game for the NES, uh, you know, as far as the, the characters go. And and it, it's very responsive. The controls were solid. The hit detection was great. That's one thing I will always sing the praises of it for. Uh, the games that followed up after it did not do nearly as well. Like, uh, for instance, if you try to play Karate Champ on the NES... Uh, you get the opposite end of the spectrum on that one. Uh, but Urban Champ, it's just a simple little fighting game. Uh, and and the AI on it, either they wanted to stand still and just take every punch you could throw at them, or they were deceptively difficult. And I just remember that. You never knew when the computer was going to flip that switch on you and, and take the fight to you. Uh, but Urban Champion, it's one I love. It's just one I don't know if I could sit down and the, and the three of us talk about it, you know, for an hour strong. Am I being crazy, or was that one of the Animal Crossing NES games that you could get? It was, I believe. Yes. And it, it had a 3DS release, too, that uh, with 3D effects that I, I am an owner of. I cannot believe anyone has anything positive to say about Urban Champion. 
Uh, I mean, it's it's fine. It's just an early, you know, black label Nintendo game. Super simple. Uh, it, it it's a fighting game in that you're one guy fighting another guy, but <laughs> that's about as far as it goes. I've played it. I mean, it's not the worst game ever made or anything. Uh, I also want to state two things. One, if you do want us to cover Urban Champion. If you join our Patreon, <laughs> there's an easy way to make that happen. <laughs> but secondly, I'm 99% sure I know who Marty B is, and he likes Paperboy, so his his taste in games is suspect. All right, so finally, our uh, last, question, last question comes in from Kay, and uh, he's writing in about some fighting games. And he says, uh, Digging Fighting Month, always been a fighting game fan, and they're the most popular choice for when po- people come over and play arcade games. Mm-hmm. I wanted to point out a few others that probably flew under the radar for most, but unlike Doomsday Warrior, actually deserve to be pointed out. <laughs> well, this isn't a good start. <laughs> First up is Battle Tycoon. It's a Super Famicom Japan-only release that, with anime-inspired characters, the fighting has surprising depth and doesn't feel like a clone of anything else. There's a bit of a learning curve on how to play it if you can't read Japanese, but it has some RPG elements. You can level up stats and gain money in street fights and gladiator arenas to buy upgrades. Another is Weapon Lord, a a weapons fighter that punishes button mashing. It has an intricate combo system and unusual button setup, but is probably most famous for your ability to disembowel, eviscerate, and decapitate your opponent upon your victory. In fact, doing so in the story mode keeps you from repeat battles with opponents and can even alter your character's ending. I also want to mention Bloodstorm, the relatively unknown and unrelated Mm. sequel to Time Killers. That (laughs) That game actually blows... But I wanted to point out that you can cut your opponent in half horizontally at any time, and it doesn't actually end the match. You can theoretically come back and win with your intestines hanging out of your bloody torso. To turn this into a question, what other fighting games can you think of that deviated from the formulas set by the Titans like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat? Maybe like Bushido Blade, The Bouncer. I could do this all day. Uh, Bushido Blade was fun. That was one I remember getting. It, It was... What I remember most about Bushido Blade is, one, it was not a button masher. It was very, very precise, but it was a 3D uh, arena fighter, but it allowed you to use the the link cable to play two-player, and that was one of the few games I got to try the PlayStation link cable with, that and Armored Core. So I did play Bushido Blade. Uh, I mean, there were the PlayStation specifically, that the, the 32-bit era, had a whole lot of 3D fighting games that were all, unfortunately, just Street Fighter clones or, or you know, Tekken clones. Um I really, really liked, even though it's essentially a, a glorified Street Fighter, but I loved Rival Schools. Like, that was one that mm. the, the characters that were in it were just a bunch of school students that played different sports. But the the way it all tied together and was still a, a solid 3D fighter, I, it was one of my favorites uh, that I sold a long time ago and regret immensely. Uh, I also liked, <laughs> as bad as they are, um, there was a handful of 3D fighters that I remember I really liked. One was called Star Gladiator. I think that might have been Capcom, but maybe not. I don't remember. All the characters were super generic Star Wars ripoffs, and they were great. Uh, way better than the actual Star Wars 3D fighting game, which was terrible. And I liked... Uh, <laughs> I remember spending days playing the first Bloody Roar. <laughs> and I don't know exactly oh. why I liked it, other than that you could transform. And I already said earlier I like werewolves. That's probably what it was. But it was that was another one. Like it, it had, it was super cheesy. It, it had the same kind of moves as a Street Fighter, like a 3D thing. Except you had that transformation made your guy much harder. You get different moves. Uh, it, it still, 
I think they all were way too close to what Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat did. There weren't too many games that really tried to go out there and do its own thing. Bushido Blade's one of the few I can think of that really kind of went its own way. Arena Fighters in general, so that or uh, Power Stone, games like that. I, I guess for me, I liked just a lot of those fucking just offbeat ones that got put out there. I was a big Clay Fighter man. I'm still a Clay Fighter man. I, I fucking love that game. When the uh, you have Blockbuster Video, you know they had that video game tournament for uh, they did it several years in a row. I, I, I won the one in my town, and I got a, a copy of that Clay Fighter Tournament Edition, and I have worn that thing out since then. I, I, I absolutely love it. And and I don't know what kind of standing this is going to put me with with you guys, but I, you remember balls? Oh, yep. Oh no! I don't know if I even have to say anything. I think that was a perfect review. Oh no! Of, of balls, a one sound review. But for some reason, I, I just I I really loved that fucking game. Uh, it was it was I mean, it was just a two D game, but they tried their best. To give it a a a three D feel to it, and it just was a a a bunch of balls just in different shapes. I, there was a clown, uh, you know, you had a bodybuilder on there, uh, but I just remember any time the two of you got close, it it looked like an absolute mess. Um, but God, there's just so many shitty fighting games that I've loved over the years, uh, and and would give a try to. Uh, there was that Star Wars. I can't remember the full name of that. Masters of Terrace Kasai. It sucks. Yes. It's awful. <laughs> yes. It is terrible. And I sat there and I made myself love that because it was a Star Wars fighting game. Uh, but it, yes, it's bad altogether. There was one I played years after the fact. Uh, as in, I just played this uh, a couple years ago. Uh, I, I just, you know, browsing a bunch of weird shit online um, and it is, oh, I, I'm going to, I'll spell it out. It's B-U-C-H-I-G-R-E-K-O-N-G-O-U. And it is Battle Construction Vehicles. And it is, it's it's these these Japanese men that have troubles with each other, and they solve it by getting into cranes and dump trucks and other construction vehicles and battling <laughs> it out. <laughs> that actually sounds amazing. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> yes. And, and I remember just just loving that game. Obviously, uh, it's 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 not to be taken seriously, and you can imagine that it is not a good game uh, once the once the gimmick has kind of worn out. But yeah, I mean, I just I, I have absolutely loved all the shitty fighting games that have come out that have at least tried to do a little something different. Uh, I mean, they've tried and failed. Uh, but every now and then, out of all the shit, you get a real diamond in the rough like Doomsday Warrior. I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, I, I guess for me, like I, I'm in the same boat. I, I love like bad fighting games, uh, especially any fighting game you can put a monster in. So like, uh, <laughs> I don't know if anybody remembers Killing Zone on the the original PlayStation, where it's just oh. a bunch of monsters that you're fighting against. It's a terrible fighting game. But like just stuff like that. Uh, but as far as like something, I guess uh, you know that's that's outside of the box that actually caught on. Uh, Power Stone for me. Uh, that's, mm. I mean, that's definitely it, it's a fighting game, but it's it's not a fighting game. And I've always 
It's one of my favorite games of all time, uh, the original Dreamcast game. I didn't play much Power Stone 2, but that took it even further from what I played. But it, it, you know, it's basically just an arena fighting game mm-hmm. uh, that is uh, you know, super kind of arcadey and, and fast and fun to play. Nothing too serious. You, you can pick up boxes and throw it at each other and you know, pick up uh, grenade, or rocket launchers and stuff like that. Uh, I love that game. How, so oh, I, God. How am I going to go without mentioning Pit Fighter? Yeah, Pit Fighter. God damn, this is your one chance to mention Pit, Pit Fighter on this fucking podcast. Somehow, I, I don't know, maybe next year, I, Pit Fighter mysteriously did not make it on the fighting game month this year. I, I can't believe it. What an oversight. I mean, you chose Doomsday Warrior. We could have cho- We could have played Pit Fighter and, well, you and made fun of it relentlessly. You don't pull out the big guns right there at the start. <laughs> you got to build up to it. Uh, you know, I didn't, we didn't spring the tiger episode, you know, that wasn't episode number one. We, we waited a hundred episodes to unleash that thing. Pit fighter is similar. You can't just, uh, you got to build up to it. I've got to mention it every few episodes for years. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I just, I was a sucker for fucking when they started just digitizing the shit out of people and putting them in games, usually bad games. I was all about that. And Pit Fighter, oh I, I, well, I love the setting of it. I, I will say that I thought it was a great concept. Uh, and it was very reminiscent of like, you know, some of the action movies, it's not like a, like a blood sport or, or something along, along those lines. You know, you had the rowdy crowd. If you got too close to the crowd, somebody might grab you. Somebody might fucking stab you. Who knows? Um, I mean, there, uh, just something about that game. I love the setting of it. I think if it controlled a little bit better, it would be held in better regards, maybe. Um, I, Pit Fighter, I, it has an undeniable charm to it. I feel like we could do an entire podcast just based on bad, digitized <laughs> fighting games, like Kasumi Ninja for the Jaguar. Well, we uh, could uh, a special section for Street Fighter, the movie, the, movie, the yes. arcade game. Yes. Uh, what was the other one? Tattoo Warrior, I think, for like Ooh. the arcade. Tattoo Assassin. Was it Tattoo Assassin? Tattoo Assassin, yes. Oh. Where you fight with tattoos. Yeah. Uh, the best fighting game. Just so many of those. Like, it's, ah, oh, God. Yeah, those those are, anytime I saw those as a kid, like I generally knew they were going to be bad, but God damn it. I, I, always, I always wanted to play those. Uh, and, uh, well, Kay does mention uh, a certain game here in his question so hold on to your butt but jeremy which which game are we actually covering next oh the bonus game the last game of this version of fight month will be on weapon lord so a game he mm. mentioned uh where you can disembowel your your players and it it does not a reward button mashing which means i probably will not enjoy this game but i'm looking forward to talking about it. it's a fighting game i was always interested in uh, and never really got a chance to focus on. So I guess I will get a chance for our next bonus episode. So if you want to hear our thoughts on Weapon Lord, or you want to hear about how great Doomsday Warrior is, uh, mm-hmm. all of our past episodes and every future episode is available if you become a backer on our Patreon page. It's $5 a month for two guaranteed bonus shows. Uh, in the past, we've done things like someone, uh, at, at least two people, are interested in Weekend Warriors, or we play Ugh. through classic RPGs, and uh, we've done a movie review, and I think I'd like to do some more of those at some point. Those are nice mm-hmm. breaks from uh, from playing a bunch of games. So, you know, two guaranteed bonus episodes, plus those weird one-offs, all for our patrons. Uh, you can find it 
Uh, links are always in the comment for the episode. And if you have questions to send us, you can find that at Retrovania.net. Uh, there's a question form there. That's the best way to send us a question. And uh, otherwise, you can send them via social media. There's a real good chance no one's going to check it uh, <laughs> just because we're not very good at staying on top of that. But the question form, we're right on. So uh, our next game for our next main feed episode is thankfully not a fighting game. Not 100% sure which game it's going to be. We're kind of tossing around two or three, but guaranteed. They are games that are not fighting games. So look forward to that. Otherwise, if you join our Patreon, we have one more fighting game coming, Weapon Lord. And we'll see you next time.